Hello, all, and welcome to another episode of Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. We got you covered on everything NBA all the time. Today, me and Jake will be going over free agency, winners, losers, the tweeners, things that we don't understand, things that we understand a little too well. Jake, how you doing today? Well, we yeah, we're we're experts here, obviously, so we understand everything <laughs> perfectly fine. That's what we're going with. We're good. Let's get right into it because I feel like we and you, right before we get on, we're about to get into an impassioned debate about the mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls and their moves. So let's get right into it. We're gonna cut. We're we're going all about all over the place with free agency, trying to recap. It was not a free agency like we've seen in like in the past, where it was a lot of like big star star moves that were like ground shaking for the NBA, but it was a flurry of moves and a lot of role play, a lot of very important role players on the move all Mm -hmm. over the place. Like this is one of the craziest free agencies. I remember because of that reason, because all these teams, all all the contenders basically have a different makeup next year. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see just where, how all these pieces fit. We're going to see a lot of new squads, a lot of new teams, some maybe some new contenders in there, some some old contenders pushing their chips all the way in. But let's not bury the lead here. We were starting off with the Chicago Bulls, who I think have made the biggest, I would say, star splash when you look at the, the totality of all their moves. Yeah. Signing Lonzo Ball, four years, 85 million. DeRozan, three years, 85 million. Caruso, Alex Caruso, the <laughs> god himself. We Now that meme, bro, exactly. Look at you. You came prepared today. <laughs> There, that there's always been the meme of Caruso and uh, and Jordan, and now it can just really come. I really hope he wears like he needs to wear like 45, honestly. Honestly, yeah, I don't know that would actually be sick. Him, but that would just be it would be legendary. But Dunny, so Dunny, what was your what was your belief? We were also talking about how DeRozan got more money per year than Lonzo Ball. Yeah, don't really understand how that kind of works out. So let's just get into it. What did you think about the Bulls' moves? Well, first off, definitely a winner. Like you, you said it, they made, you know, <laughs> they, uh, thanks Ty B for that. They, um, they, yeah, they're for sure winners. They made a big splash in the stardom. Like you said, brought in DeRozan, brought in Lonzo. I feel like the Lonzo talks were like dead for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it was like Lonzo to Chicago right now. And it happened. But I do think that's strange that, Lonzo didn't get more money than DeRozan for some reason. That's just how my brain is working on those two at their points uh, in their careers right now. I just thought DeRozan would get less money, especially this free agency. I wasn't hearing much about him. I I was only really hearing Lakers at first, so I figured he would kind of have to take a team-friendly deal going there. But, I mean, regardless of, you know, who's making more money, that's just me feeling weird about that and wanting to know more. But, yeah, I mean, regardless of that, they got two two dogs in free agency and Lonzo and DeRozan, both great pairings to go alongside Levine. I mean, if you have a starting lineup of Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic, that's a solid starting five. And then something else we talked about before we hopped on, you mentioned it, adding Caruso, still having Kobe White, who has been playing pretty well for them. I mean, they, they just got a strong starting five and then first two off the bench. The the Bulls could be scary this year. I really like what they did in free agency. 
You're not worried about Alvar DeRozan or uh, or DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Zach Levine fit together? Because I feel like I've seen that a lot as been people talking about it. But I they kind of need what everybody does well. Like Levine's a sharpshooter. Levine is and is a slasher. Can get to the rim effectively. DeRozan lives in the mid range. He's been a he was been a really good playmaker too for San Antonio. He's had some high assist games, some triple double games. He wasn't really showing that in Toronto. And Lonzo just kind of does whatever. Lonzo is just a good offensive player. Like he'll do whatever the team wants. I feel like and Billy Donovan's the head coach there. Look, we saw what he was able to do with those three guard lineups with Schroeder and and CP3 and Shea there. It, it, I feel like those three kind of mesh together. Um, it's. It was a weird – it's a weird construction, though, of just how they've gotten to all these pieces. Um, they, they have, like, no first-round picks they can trade going on. So this is kind of the squad, at least for the next three years or so. And I think the biggest thing to take away is that Levine's contract is up next year. They needed to put a contending team around him. Otherwise, he's going to leave, right? Like, why? Like they, the mm-hmm. Bulls kind of saw this getting Lonzo, getting DeRozan, and trading for Vucevic. Regardless of what you think their star uh, level is in the league and what they're hold held against, this is a team that needs to win and be competitive. It's not always about winning titles for some of these teams. They're on different timelines for different reasons. And Levine's deal is up next year, and that's a guy they can't. Aff- what do they do if they lose Zach Levine? They don't have first round picks for the next five years. Yeah, so they kind of had they kind of you know had to do everything in their power to get him on board. Yeah. I'm- I agree. If they if they lose Levine, they're definitely screwed. But um, Alex Caruso or Michael Jordan, we might see some some real flashes of MJ here from Caruso. We've seen, you know, maybe that, he's the, the flight. Maybe he's just gonna go MJ sticking out his tongue all the time. <laughs> but as far as as far as how this starting lineup's gonna fit, I'm with you, dude. Like they kind of have it covered. Like all things covered. Patrick Williams is an explosive four who I think should start at the four. Mm. I think they will. He, you know, he can offensive rebound. He doesn't need to be a guy who can create his own shot. They have three guys, Lonzo, Levine, and DeRozan, who can already do that. They have a fourth guy who can do that, Vucevic, who will be in the starting lineup with them. So they have the defensive explosive four that every team kind of wants to have or should have. They have Lonzo, the larger point guard who's – extremely capable of playmaking. Levine, as you mentioned, can literally do anything. I think they'll play very fast-paced basketball, and a lot of teams aren't going to be able to keep up with that. If you have three guys who can run the floor, all shoot the shoot the jump shot pretty well. You know, Lonzo has his nights where he's cold, but Levine and DeRozan are pretty knocked down, especially DeRozan in that low post mid-range area. And then you have a stretch five who can also bully people on the block. I mean, they, they just have so many options um, yeah. really to do whatever they want as far as breaking down other defenses. So I'm for this lineup. I, I don't really see the hate there. I think it's going to be – it's it's one of the more solid starting lineups one through five in the league now. It yeah. Just, it is. and it, it, it might be a weird mix, but, I mean, it, it really feels like a lot of teams in this league right now are kind of like there's obviously teams that kind of fit perfectly together, but we have a lot of mismatched teams that have been trying to put things together. Like there's these are not these are not perfectly well oiled machines like we've seen the last couple of years from our teams. We have flawed teams like Milwaukee all year. We talked about we thought was a flawed team. Um, the Nets, we t- everybody trying to pick apart their flaw like the and how those guys fit together too much of the ball, whatever. 
you know, the the Sixers with their clearly not working pairing that's mm-hmm. happening. The Ben Simmons news. I guess the Sixers are probably one of the biggest losers of this because Ben Simmons has not been traded. Apparently, not talking to him. Um, so and and for their big move, they brought in Andre Drummond, who is literally Joel Embiid's worst enemy. So Sixers <laughs> loser. Well, we we'll start with the Bulls as a winner, Sixers as a loser. Let's come back with another winner though. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Lakers, yes. we we were live when Russell Westbrook got traded last week. The, how was that only a week ago? Doesn't that feel like it was like three weeks yeah. ago? Was the I feel like I've already seen match. Russ play oh, as a Laker. Shit. We basically have, bro. Russ gets traded, and then the Lakers just sign everybody. They, they just We knew they had to fill this roster. All out. the vets. All the vets, everybody's coming back. We got Kent Bazemore back in the building. Took less money to play with the Lakers. That was a theme as uh, Kendrick Nunn also took less money to play with the Lakers for a two-year deal. Taylor Horton Tucker re-signed. He's back. Um, I like that. Malik Monk, who was coming on before he got hurt last year. A nice signing. Wayne Ellington, one of the best three-pointers in the league. So they got, they're getting the shooting around there. Trevor Ariza, who I can't believe still in the league and now back on the Lakers. Like I was gonna say, Trevor like, Ariza <laughs> is just like a Laker when I think of him. Like like the, the uh, all the Kobe Laker teams, I feel like Trevor Ariza was always always right there. Yeah, like if you think about like if you think about Kobe's sidekicks, like you think like Artest, Pau Gasol, but like if you think about the background guys, it's just D Fisher and Ariza in the yeah. back of my brain. Like those guys to me are just always Lakers. I know Ariza has been all around the league, but for some reason, I just when I think Trevor Ariza, I think Lakers uniform. Yep. So Ariza's back. Another guy back, Dwight Howard from the team two years ago. <laughs> He's hurt for his team. And then who am I forget? Oh yeah, Carmelo Anthony is joining LeBron James for the first time. Sign with the Lakers. So Melo, ESPN already went crazy with it. it's the Big Four. It is the Big Four. It's it's Russ. AD, LeBron, and Melo. I saw that tweet yesterday. We're going to get that all year. Carmelo is not at that level at all anymore. But with this roster where he kind of fits in, it's honestly kind of perfect. Like, all they really need is just two shooters at the three and the two around Russ, AD, and LeBron. And they might be set. And they've got a lot of shooters now. I mean, it's a weird roster, but shit, bro. I don't know. I liked it. I like the way it looks right now. Hello again. All right, I'm back. <laughs> back to Lakers. My bad. Um, yeah. So my thing that I really want to talk about this Lakers team, though, is one of the few times that I'll stand with LeBron. I mean, I you know I have utmost respect for Bron. Unbelievable. Don't always agree with him, but him clapping back at all the negativity and everything that Lakers. You know, Lakers fans, Lakers players are hearing about them just getting old players. What is this team? This and that. I mean, while that is all true, they are certainly, you know, they have Marc Gasol, they have Ariza, they have Bazemore, who's sneaky 32. LeBron and Carmelo, 36 and 37. Like, these guys, they do have an old team. But at the end of the day, these this team legit has four Hall of Famers. 
I mean, I guess the the one in most question is Anthony Davis, but I think when it's all said and done, Davis is going to be a Hall of Famer. He already has one ring. He's probably going to get another. Carmelo is a Hall of Famer in my book, and if Russ isn't a Hall of Famer, that's, you know, that's poppycock. So, you know, at the end of the day, these this team literally has four Hall of Famers. Four Hall of Famers. Like, yes, I get it. Like, if you guys – like normal teams wouldn't do this, but a team with LeBron James isn't a normal team. Yeah, this like, is a, you can't you can't grade the, um, them on that on that curve. You can't grade a LeBron team on that curve, and you can't grade the Lakers on that curve. It's just different. Like, yes, fine. You hate on them for having old players. Will they still be in the Western Conference Finals? I'm almost sure of it at this point, <laughs> well, bearing injury. They're, they're, they have to be the favorites in the West, right? Like, the West oh. – the, the thing about the West is now – like the top end teams, you look at it from that. No one's going to trust Utah, so let's not even think about that. Phoenix, we saw the flaws in the Phoenix in the NBA final. I mean, obviously they had a great run up to there, but they had a very fortunate run to the NBA finals. We have to just be honest about that. That Clippers team was not the same without Kawhi. They they were exposed more by Gian- I mean, Giannis just kind of just was Giannis. He was just the, clearly the best player in that series. We should have seen that coming. They got by without AD and no Jamal Murray on the Nuggets too. Like the Suns had a fortunate run. Are they really as good as this Lakers team, the way they're constructed right now? I don't think so. And then you look at Murray, Murray and Kawhi. Kawhi might not be back the whole year. Jamal Murray's probably not going to be back till at least later in the year. And those are the other teams. And then you, you would assume the Warriors are going to be in that mix. But who knows what the Warriors are going to – and we can get into them in a second too because I'm very confused about the Golden State Warriors. But maybe Steph is good enough to get them there. But I still think it's just a clear pass for the Lakers. I think it's just a clear pass for them in the West right now. I do want a Steph-LeBron Western Conference Finals, though. Oh, I, think every, oh, I think everyone oh. deserves that. Oh. That would be incredible. Let's get into well, we're gonna we'll get to the Warriors in a second though, but we want to answer Slick's question here as we'll get into your boys. The Boston oh. Celtics, he said, What what it do? I want your thoughts on what you would do if you were Brad Stevens right now. So if you were Brad Stevens right this second, what would you be doing? Man, that is a loaded question. <laughs> um first I would just thank the Jays for being on my team because I think he sh- I think he should be doing that daily and consulting them and asking them whatever they want to do but since I don't know what those guys want to do I, w- I would be calling Reggie Jackson and finding out what the minimum like what is the minimum where's the maximum how, how little can we give you to come play for our basketball team <laughs> i mean essentially like we don't we don't have room for money right now so it's hard it's really hard to say what brad doesn't have many options i think you call reggie jackson see if he'll take a team friendly contract if not i mean it's it and you're bringing him home and then you're kind of running this thing back. You you have a new coach, which I think the players are excited about. You bring in some old faces and Horford and Cantor. You are going to be relying on the young guys a little more this year, but the young guys that matter, which is Romeo Langford, Peyton Pritchard, and Aaron Neesmith. And then you let the Jays do what they do best, and that's get be- better every single year and take a s- step forward every single year. And now it's their team. We don't have a star point guard right now. So I think if Peyton you can't Pritchard. make a move. 
Right. <laughs> Not a star, though. I think he's a star. He yeah. could be a star in the making. Right. But what I mean is there's no Kyrie Irving personality. There's no Campbell Walker who needs his shots. This is the Jays team, a coach that, you know, believes in the Jays. So if you can't go out and get a Reggie Jackson for a team-friendly contract, or if you can't bring in an, another, you know, notable piece that will really shift us the way the Knicks and the Bulls are doing it right now, then you wait until next summer and you let the gel, the Jays excel as they do. Um, and you really just hand them the keys and be like, guys, you know, do what you got to do this year. Next season, we're getting Brad Beal. And, I mean, th- that's at least that to me. That's the play. That's what they're sizing up for, no matter what. To me, that's just what it looks like. I mean, of course, Brad could have something up his sleeve right now. I will say they're a loser right now. We, we were talking about a few winners in the offseason. They're a loser. I mean, teams are getting better around them. I like the uh, Josh Richardson signing. But aside from that, I mean, bringing Cantor back, I like Cantor, but doesn't really move the needle. We ha- we haven't got that much better. Other teams in the East have. We're a loser, but I'm I'm still excited going into next season. I, I like I like the Richardson thing because it's an, it's just a live body that can actually play guard on an NBA basketball in the NBA, which is an improvement on what they were defense out last year. Yeah, slasher can help with the fast break. I mean, Jalen Brown's already top two guys in that's you know yeah. fast break points. Richardson's a guy who can run. And I think that's Brad adding and Cantor. I, I like Cantor coming back more than I think a lot of uh, a lot of other people do, just because I, that I think that signals to me that Robert Williams is going to be the starter and get thirty five minutes a game, which is what we've been waiting for for how many mm-hmm. years now, right? We we're waiting to see that. So I think well, that's a good sign. Um, well, oh yeah, I keep forgetting about Al. He, I just keep forgetting he. I still think Robert Williams is the starter and in, in your best case scenario. It's I hope he is smart, too. Richardson smart. Tatum Brown and Robert Williams is your best lineup. It should be your yeah. starting lineup. I agree. But um, Reggie Jackson, Boston College alum, didn't realize that. So I was just looking. Yeah, we were talking about it. So yeah, that's, that's right. I'm high on that. Way way more high on the Reggie Jackson than the, than the Dennis Schroeder. I don't really want Schroeder. No, fuck Schroeder. Nah, you don't want that nonsense. Let's get into a team that we are split up on, and because we have it, we have this is one of the biggest free agent signings that we haven't touched on yet. Kyle Lowry, Villanova grad from from Philadelphia, signing a three-year, ninety million dollar deal with the Miami Heat. Um, talks was you know that he was going to get traded during the season um, by the deadline. Didn't end up getting moved. They get their guy in Lowry here. Um, it's a lot of money for Kyle Lowry. They also give a four-year, one eighty-four to Jimmy Butler for an extension. Both these guys mm-hmm. in their mid-30s. It worries me a little bit. Dunny, talk me out of it. Why should I not be worried about the Miami Heat and what they're doing here? So, yeah. They also you, signed Duncan Robinson five years, $90 million, which is fucking crazy. wild. Crazy. I don't – you know, I don't know if he deserves that money, but I think it was good that they re-signed him because they need a guy like that on this team. They need yeah, a knockdown yeah. shooter. He – I mean, he's – He's been in the league such a short time. He's already one of the best volume shooters, percentage, clean, just the way it looks, the way it hits the nets. I mean, Duncan Robinson deserves his respect. This is a dude three years, four years ago who was playing D3 ball, and now he's just signed a five-year 90 million, like you said. 
right off the bat, love Duncan, think it was a great signing by them. I get why people are worried about the Lowry Butler. I'm a little skeptical myself, even giving Butler that much. Um, I think it's clear he's slowed down a bit. I mean, he's still Jimmy. He's still going to fill the stat sheet. Um, but I really like – overall, I like the signings. I think this is the toughest, you know, lineup probably one through ten, it, maybe even 12 that you'll see in the league. You have Butler, who's already a tough guy. You have Lowry, who plays, you know, real tough with a chip on his shoulder, plays like the undersized guy his whole career. You bring in P.J. Tucker, who I know you don't like the multi-year deal for P.J., but I think they do it for pure toughness. Same reason, you know, uh, the, the Buck did this postseason and, and rode with him through the playoffs. He's just a guy who will bother people, you know, he'll run. Goon, if you will, to compare it to hockey, but oh, I'm all. <laughs> I was wondering if we were gonna lose him there or not. Um, I hate the. Oh, are you coming back here? We back. <laughs> I don't know what you were finishing up there, but I can't stand the PJ Tucker signing. That's why <laughs> I really can't stand the PJ because if they if he thinks him in that starting lineup just there's no like Duncan, Duncan Robinson's gonna be getting a workout, bro. He's gonna be running yeah. around everywhere trying to get up those open shots because I don't I mean, Lowry Lowry's a good three point shooter, so the spacing doesn't worry me as much there. But Jimmy does not he doesn't even try to take threes anymore. Like he's basically rust level with the amount he doesn't want to shoot mm-hmm. and. I don't like PJ will shoot a corner three, but I don't, I just, I don't like invest. I'm very skeptical of investing money into old point guards to begin with. Chris Paul has obviously been breaking that notion with what he's looked like, but Chris Paul is also on another level than a lot of other point guards in the league and in NBA history, even. So Lowry, I still have faith that he can be effective, but it's, it's never been good for short, over 30 point guards unless they were really really special and i love kyle lowry but do we think his year 35 is still gonna be like really really special like did he just have his moment in toronto because we've seen i feel like this is a thing that maybe it's social media that's gonna like accentuate this more or not or whatever but in the past with free agency like even 20 years ago there had to be teams that signed all the washed up like vets, you know, and everybody got hyped for all the big names and it, it goes down. Like we've seen that happen over and over again. I mean, that Lakers 04 team that had Gary Payton and Carl Malone on it. Like that's, that's one of the biggest examples I can think of. We never, you never know when one of these guys are going to go down and, and just flame out. It, it, when you fall off the cliff, sometimes it's, it's not graceful. And that's just what I worry about. And as a guy, you know, experienced 2k gm as i am i never try to have that many old guys on there as i can because i feel like even if you're trying to decide between one or the other you just want to skew younger for more chances at it because you've seen these guys go downhill so much and jimmy butler's got a ton of minutes on him too and then are you really like so if those guys start to decline then your next best bet is bam at a bio and are we sure bam at a bio is ready for like leading a franchise with two older superstars i don't know it's a very it's it's going to be interesting. I think this year, 
if they if the move was to just try to win a title with this roster this year and they just did what they had to do basically for that it might not be a bad look because the east is wide open there's going to be there's going to be teams that get upset in the playoffs i think in the east this year just because it's going to be so deep one through eight whoever we end up with barring any injuries or anything like that like the knicks like we could have i mean it's just Everybody, you from Brooklyn, Brooklyn's out in Milwaukee are obviously probably going to be the two favorites going into the year. But three through eight, three through nine, fucking throw a dart at the board. Shout out Meerkat. Like, who knows? Like, that, <laughs> that could literally be. You could tell me. You could tell me Chicago's the three seed. You could tell me Miami's the three seed. You could tell me Boston's the three seed. You could tell me the Knicks are the three seed. Like any all any of these teams. Who am I forgetting? There's probably somebody else that's got to be in there. Like. Indiana's going to be better this year, being healthy and everything. You can't forget about them. The Charlotte. Cavs, obviously. I mean, come on. They're going to be – no, I'm kidding. But Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte, who knows what with LaMelo healthy the whole year, what they're going to so, do. I think, I, you know, I think that's why we're, like, kind of in between on this right now because I see the Heat's, Heat as winners because I do think they could make a run for the finals again this year the way they constructed this offseason. You mentioned, yes, they signed Lowry and Butler to longer deals than maybe other GMs would have, but you bring in Lowry, who I think, at least right now, is a step up from Drogic as far as just the way he fits with this team. Um, Jimmy Butler is Jimmy. You know, he's he literally willed them to the finals a, a few years back. Bam gets better every year. But the biggest things, I think, are bringing in Markeith Morris – who's just, you know, a four, small forward wing guy who can knock down shots, rebound. And then the sneakiest thing about them is that they got Oladipo back for, for one year. And maybe he's injured, maybe he's not. He's still an explosive guard who can really play in this league. I mean, we've seen it on multiple teams. Oladipo is a flat-out talent, and they just have him kind of stashed away. And I feel like many people aren't talking about it, but I do think the Heat are ready to win now. And I think that's their goal. So that's, I, I think just all things considered what they did this off season, that's why I see them as a winner. We'll see. I, I like the, I like the sending it for this year. I think that's their best chance. I'm worried about year two and year three, but right, man, I mean, the league doesn't even work like that really anymore. Cause these guys can just be on the move in two years anyways, but you got to try to maximize mm -hmm. that. Uh, let's touch on the two teams we just talked about quickly there, the Nets and the Bucks, because they didn't do anything crazy here, but they really did help themselves. The Nets lost Jeff Green, but signing signing J James Johnson, who's going to be a great addition to that front court for them. And then they also add Patty Mills as, as if they needed more shooting and creation at, from the guard position. I mean – and we saw it with like the Chiotza, whoever that I can't even remember that dude's name. Him, Mike James, getting those guys, getting those minutes. You figure Patty Mills just kind of slots into there, and yeah, really they're they're gonna have a threat handling the ball at all points in the game for them. That's I really like those moves for them, just on the margins at least. And Blake Griffin resigned. I was gonna say they signed, yeah. they resigned Blake, which I think is huge too. We uh, didn't have that here in my notes, but I think resigning Blake and then Bruce Brown Pat too. Yep, Bruce Brown, who was, I mean, a real bright spot in the playoffs there. Dude. There was games that this dude looked like an all-star. He did get ahead of himself a few games against the Bucs. Yeah, a little bit, but. 
but hey, you know, we can't rag on him too much. He was he was making a name for himself and it got him a contract. So yeah. there you go. I mean, yeah, we, we don't really need to see mu- say much about the Nets. I think they'll be, you know, obviously back conference looking for conference finals. Again, they didn't get there this year, of course. They kind of flopped because of injury. But I think the Nets are what the Nets are, and they had a great offseason as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it was solid, and they're going to be the favorites. Either either them or the Bucks are going to be the favorites in the East, you would think. The Bucks, um, pretty much bringing it back here, getting Bobby Portis back, um, obviously losing P.J. Tucker. I think that might be a benefit for them, though, going forward, not being forced to play him all those minutes after that trade. They get Rodney Hood in there. They'll get DiVincenzo back healthy. Um, just a good little move. I, I'm wondering if Thanasis is going to come back. He hasn't, he hasn't re-signed yet, but yeah, got, I don't think you can mess that mojo. I think Casas is a free agent too. I think they should just get all the Antetokounmpo's on the trade. <laughs> Why not? Be, yeah, I think it would be a little wrong if they didn't bring back. Yeah, they got to, right? Like he, he can't, He's got to be back on that team. It's just going to matter of time. I guess only real loss is they lost some shooting with Brent Forbes. Didn't. Uh, um, I think right before we got on here, I'm going to check to confirm this too, but they might have signed George Hill as well. Oh, yes, yeah, I saw eight million dollar deal. Okay. So they, they, George Hill is the print Forbes replacement. I like that too. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's never really bad to have a player like that on your team, especially where he doesn't need to see minutes yeah. on this team. But you know, he's a good plug in guy and leadership. So, yeah, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks should be in good shape again. I I really like DiVincenzo being healthy for them. I think he's gonna he's gonna do do them a big favor. Bench scoring, spark, a little bit of explosiveness. Um, yeah, I'm, I I think Giannis is ready to run it back, and the Bucks are kind of keeping that roster solid. So another winner, if you ask me. Yep, and then the Nuggets, the Nuggets out west is one of the contenders making small moves. That Jeff Green, a great pickup for them, kind of yes. fits perfectly next to. Jokic, especially offensively. And then they kept Jamichael Green and Will Barton, which is huge. I know that our boy Meerkat was worried about them not signing Will Barton, getting him back, get him back. Will so the thrill, baby. They can run that back pretty much. But we have to come to it now. One of the biggest winners of free agency so far ah. has been in the other team in New York City, <laughs> the New York Knicks. I, this is not – the that what you're upset about is literally the last thing that I'm excited about the Knicks for. So I want to just well, I'm upset. I'm upset about Fournier too. So well, that's true. I guess that's two <laughs> that are on the Knicks now. That pretty, I wasn't even thinking about Fournier. And they were boys, dude. Fournier was like his favorite yeah. player to play with was Kemba, and now they're going to New York. And you have to admit that Kemba just looks right in MSG. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm part more than people think. I'm happy for Kemba, but I'm also. I'm just pissed. I don't. <laughs> I, I just don't want to see them succeed for the Knicks against us. Well, so what worries me, so they they, re, they obviously are getting Kemba after he's going to get bought out by Oklahoma City, and they will sign him to a deal probably around $8 million is what I was seeing yesterday. Um, which is crazy. Fournier, four years, $72 million, which the Celtics didn't want Ooh. to put that kind of capital to Evan Fournier. They re-sign, they extend Julius Randle, four years, $117 million, so he'll be oh. back. They pretty much bring the whole crew back. They get Derrick Rose coming back, uh, Nerlens Noel coming back, Taj Gibson back. So it's pretty much the same 
band back together except adding in Fournier and Kemba getting those starting point guard minutes. But you have to think that, like, if Oklahoma City wasn't waiting on Kemba to deal him, unless they just really want to be bad next year again for whatever reason, he his knees, whatever they're seeing, like, they didn't think they were going to get great value for him if they're just buying him out right away. Unless Kemba was just like, hey, please let me go to New York. And in that case, maybe they just did right by him. Yeah, that that's possible. I mean, it didn't really make sense for Kemba or the Thunder to keep that relationship going for long. Yeah. I mean, they they clearly aren't in win-now mode. Kemba in the part of his career where he kind of has to be in that mode. So, I don't know. It just didn't really make sense. Obviously, like you said, you can kind of just see Kemba in New York. Much better fit. That that is the positive things that I will say about Kambas and New York Nick. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that I I saw that come down and I was like, wow, that is the quickest. Like you've just gotten it all. You've got Kyrie to the Nets and then Kemba to the Knicks. Like that is unreal turn of turn of the coin. Yeah, and it's fine. But let me ask you this because this is something, and maybe I I really want to know if this is my bias or if if my basketball okay. brain is on par with this one. If you have Campbell Walker, Fournier, who would their starting three be? Barrett. Oh, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and then Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel. You know, slide in center, whoever it's going to be. Is that really a better starting lineup than Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob Williams? Or am I crazy? Or well, are they better? I'm I'm no, I'm gonna agree with you because I like because of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but because they're the two best players named right there. Yeah. Okay. Jalen just the thing the only reason the Knicks ended up ahead of the Celtics last year is Jalen Brown got hurt at the end of the year. Like I feel like that was a that's a very convenient plot point to every all everybody's discussion about the Celtics this year is forgetting that Jalen Brown was hurt at the end of the year. Right. So what they saw was Marcus Smart being our second option on the offense because Kemba wasn't playing against the Nets either. Kemba had no knees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why that's why I'm not that's why I'm not as bullish on the Kemba move for the Knicks as I am. Like Fournier is a great move, I think, for them. I think they needed needed a guy that could just get a bucket. And he's it's also inconsistent, but he can do that for that team. He can create that they didn't have. D Rose can start for all I care, really, more honestly. And quickly, right? They still they still have quickly. Yeah. They still have quickly. So I that's where I think the Knicks were kind of probably like not high risk, very high reward. I mean, if we even if we have to do what the Celtics did last year, and I think this screwed with the Celtics chemistry, so I hope this doesn't happen for the next two, but him playing, you know, not back-to-back, basically every other game for Campbell Walker because of his knees last year, the Knicks can honestly afford that, like you mentioned. They have D. Rose and they have Quickly, so if he can't be there, they have two legit options, or at least one legit option, and then, like, a guy who you have high hopes for. So best case scenario, I, I think the Knicks are up. smart for this. You yeah. Know, like, so yeah, I like it. I will see how it goes. Definitely not the greatest turn of events, but um, the Knicks are going to, the, the league still, the, the Knicks and Bulls are both going for it. And the league is much better when that's, when that's happening. It's, it's yeah. a little more exciting. So I'm, it'll be fun for that. 
Um, let's get into the the two teams on opposite ends of the spectrum right now. The tw- from 26-15 to 2019, the Cavs and Warriors doing battle in the finals. And they're both in kind of different spots of the rebuilds here. I think that they're both and both relying on young players in their own ways. The Cavs looking to make a breakthrough, looking to make the playoffs this year. Resign Jared Allen. Five years, $100 million. That's a great deal for $20 million a year for Jared Allen if he keeps turning into what he is. That's really the, – they traded for Ricky Rubio, um, and they they get Evan Mobley in the draft. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, how do you feel about that pairing? That's really what I wanted to ask you because I feel like there's been all the talk that they can play together, Mobley can play on the perimeter, but it's going to be really interesting to see it in on the court. In theory, it sounds good, but it's still – I was, I'm just wondering if anybody else feels any differently. So in my head, I see both these guys starting a lot of games together. And I also see them not playing too many minutes together on the court at the same time, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, like I think putting it up throughout the game. I also think Jared Allen could be one of those backup centers who plays 25 minutes a game. Yeah, just because of the way they move. Maybe Mobley's a starting center. Maybe he's a starting three or four. I mean, it's well, he wouldn't be a starting three on this team, but a starting four. And you have Jared Allen there at the five. Sometimes I think yeah. they have a lot of options. I don't get why people are fixated on, you know, these guys have to share the court the whole game. Like I, I don't know. Well, I feel like Larry, I think it's, Larry Nance is going to get some run in there too. Like he's going to play a lot. And I mean, Kevin Love's still on the roster, whatever he is worth at this point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Show up. I have no I think idea. K Love's like a variable that you just need to like put to the side for yeah. now because. Well, what about they, Colin Sexton is the variable put to the side? Because we, I thought he was yeah. gone. He was <laughs> well, that should be gone. the variable in front of our face right now. <laughs> is he going to be gone or are they just going to run it? Because I have not heard anything. And who really is after all the free, the free agency chaos and the point guards going everywhere. Who's trading for Colin Sexton now? Well, it's weird because apparently no one's signing point guards because you do have Dennis Schroeder and Reggie Jackson still out there. Because no one's got the money for him. He, and Sexton's yeah. going to want like $25 million. So I don't know what the fuck. They, they might have just painted themselves into some corner that they're just going to have to run it into the season with him maybe off the book. I don't know. That's what I'm worried about now, too. Because who wants Sexton? You want Sexton? I don't even know what I want. No, nah, I wouldn't even want to send him to Boston. The only team I can honestly think of is if the team that we're about to talk about, the Warriors, wanted to send Andrew Wiggins over to the Cavs for some reason and some other picks or something for Sexton because they yeah. were looking for a guard. But the Warriors, they seem content. <laughs> like They signed Steph to his biggest – Steph, the first player in NBA history, get the bag, Steph. Love that man. Oh, two two contracts over two hundred million dollars. I mean, what a what a G! Like you can't even. You just got to respect that hustle. At the beginning of the effortless. 20, <laughs> at the beginning of the twenty tens, he signed a four year forty four million, which is the reason they could sign Kevin Durant, and now he's made four hundred million on his last two contracts. So they gave it to him back. But we thought this team was going to trade Wiseman trade all these picks, go get a star. They're going to go get Ben Simmons. They're going to go get, you know, Brad Beal or or uh, Damian Lillard or even a Pascal Siakam or something like that. Instead, they pick Moses Moody. They pick Jonathan Kaminga. And they're like, you know what? We're good. We're going to put these young guys in there. Steph does an athletic interview. He's like, 
I love the picks, love the young guys. They're going to be able to come in and contribute right away. We want to win a title. Are you buying it? They haven't really done anything else. They were in on Patty Mills, didn't get him. In on Danny Green, he ended up staying. The only big signing they had, they got Bielitsa there and Otto Porter, who hasn't been able to stay on the court. I don't know. I have a lot of faith in Steph Curry. I have for a long time now. Should I have? Should we keep the continued faith in Steph? Yes. Yeah, so I think they deserve to just, you know, the, just for this podcast's sake and the teams we've talked about, I think they deserve to be in the loser column just mm. because, you know, they wow, kind of wow. just relied on draft picks. They only really signed Steph to a big contract and they are running it back. They trust these young guys. I mean, yep. you, we can both agree the two young guys they got are studs. Oh yeah. I mean, the Kuminga is a is a high high risk high reward player, I think, for sure, yes. more than anything, but Moody, I think Moody at his worst is going to be a very good defender and going to be able to be a 3 and D guy in the league no matter what. Yeah, and then you you bring in Otto Porter who's, you know, really versatile. I mean, granted like you said, he's Seemed a bit washed up in the last few years, but think back to his Washington days. I mean, this is a guy who can just create his own shot. He's kind of like a – I don't even know. It's like a good pairing for like a fire and ice of Andrew Wiggins. It's like if you got Wiggins, yes, yeah. who's like the explosive guy who can also create his own shot, but it's purely forced for Wiggins because he can use his athleticism to dunk on somebody or create his own, own shot through athleticism where Otto Porter is kind of like – I'll grind you down with a dribble and hit like a, you know, a smooth mid-range jump shot in your face to slow down the offense. So I like that. And Bajinka, I just think it makes sense for them to have kind of a stretch four guy who can just knock it down and just hit threes whenever they need it. I think Steph probably looked at the organization and was like, look, I'm getting clay back. Draymond's still here. We have a great young center and Wiseman. We have the pieces on the wings. We have the two youngsters. So I'm bought in. Where I think they may have flopped in some people's eyes in the in the off season. I think, like you said, we we got to trust Steph here, dude. Like I I really think they could be Western Conference Finals bound. And that's what I I've kind of turned around and looked at it exactly like that because if it works like if they're right on these three guys even two of the three they're gonna hit they're gonna be if they can be effective this year they're hitting at a time it's just gonna work perfectly as a bridge for them to the future but these are guys that also help extend uh the skills of Steph and clay and draymond and like and fit them perfectly like the Wiseman's the center they've always kind of needed. And then they have these two rangy wings who they, if they can get to be consistent shooters and everything, like it's the perfect pieces to go next to those two, to those three in a, in a lineup, those three guys could in theory, like you see it that they give them the lineup flexibility that they could, they could want out of it. So I get it from that standpoint. I think it's, it's a very, very interesting move by this front office to try to thread the needle like that because Mm -hmm. it it, it has so much more like there's less margin for error right like yeah they're they're trying a very precise thing trying to maximize this window with guys they think they can come in and contribute right away in a meaningful way 
and then also be the future of the franchise. It, it doesn't usually work out like that. We've seen it happen a couple of times. We've seen guys have the, have the rosters in place and it blow up for whatever reason. I think the last closest thing we can think about it like that is the Spurs when we thought they had with Kawhi, right? And that wasn't even yeah. – no one even thought of Kawhi as highly as regarded as Moody and Kaminga have been regarded in this draft process. I don't, I, I don't think so, at least. Kawhi was not as a household name to me when he was coming up. He just kind of showed up. These two were both you know, top five, top ten pick consideration and both fell out for their various reasons. But – I think it's just a very interesting team building thing. And Steph, the thing about Steph is what Steph's 31 right now. He's, he can be on this Warriors team being effective. I think for the next 10 years still, because he's just going to be, we've seen how good his shooting is. Yeah. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, like they were able to be in the league for a long time just because they were just incredible shooters and maybe Steph won't be as effective on the ball or whatever he ends up doing in the the twilight of his career. He's going to be great. And I still think Clay, like, Everybody, no one knows what to expect from Clay. I feel like he's going to be amazing next year. Like, he's just going to look normal. I really have no reason to not. We've seen guys, we've seen Durant. Look at Durant right now off the Achilles. Looks great. Well, he looks like he's still an animal. And torn ACLs don't mean anything to me anymore. Like, dudes come back with torn ACLs like nothing. It's also kind of the thing you were alluding to with Steph, but like in a different way. Like, the same reason Steph can play for probably the next 10 years is the same reason that Clay Thompson and Clay's even big. If, Clay's like six, yeah. seven too. <laughs> even if he's a step slow, dude, he's still one of the best shooters this game has ever seen. Like spot him up. Then if he's slow, play, play these young guys, play Andrew Wiggins a little more at the beginning of the year and then let Clay get a shot under him. And this guy's knockdown. Even if you just use him as a knockdown shooter on the wing, he's still so valuable. I mean, there's just so many things you can do with his offense. And people don't understand it. And if if someone's going to come in here and argue the fact that we're saying Steph can legitimately play at a high, probably a high level for the next 10 years, I always go back to Vince Carter when we think about how long a jump shot can keep you in the league because yeah. that dude was straight dunks for a decade of his career. And then every year he slowly got better at outside shooting and he was able to play until he was 40 plus years old and he was never a shooter to begin with. Yep. And this dude got a three-point shot, and then people wanted Vince on their team. Not that, like, I mean, obviously the fundamentals are there, the IQ, yeah. the toughness, the household name. But if Vince Carter can do it at age 40 and he was never even considered really a jump shooter, then you better believe that Steph, the best shooter this game's ever seen, can play until he's 40 years old. Yeah, it's it, it, there's no doubt in my mind that those two are going to be effective in the coming years and – this year especially and if it works out if all three of these guys hit in some regard they're all at least decent nba players and maybe wiseman and moody are are you know whatever those are the two guys that are touching all-star level or or getting higher regarded whatever look at that roster that you have set up i wasn't even thinking about wiggins like that is a roster that you would want to that that is the perfect team build team building roster and it's a it's just a team that fits well together. And I, I just, I've been more intrigued as after the draft, looking at it, waiting to see it play out and how it, how the tables have fallen for the Warriors. But I just think that what they're doing is bold as fuck. <laughs> and it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can hit it because if they miss, they're not, they know that that was a, they know that this draft was a rare opportunity. And last year with the Wiseman pick was a rare opportunity to kind of, 
keep this thing going for as long as possible, right? They wanted to hit on those picks. Yeah. And I think just coming away with Moody and Kaminga, two guys that have the clearly have superstar potential, but they are just raw, and that has been their biggest thing. It's trusting your player development, which the Warriors say that they, you know, they take pride in there. They developing players, developing roles for players, and everything. It's a big test for that. It's a big test on that infrastructure of a of a former championship team. So it's really, I think that's one of the more interesting things. Anything else we need to get to before we go? Any other teams? I feel like we've pretty much covered all the big movers and shakers here. Mike Conley got paid. Shout out to him. He deserved yeah. it. That's pretty much the only thing I had, though. Anything else? Uh, the only thing I can think of, I don't really want to end on a too, too much of a negative note. I just think we got to touch on the Kings as a loser. I really thought – I really thought we would see the Sacramento Kings shake it up. It may be a Bagley trade, maybe a Deer and Fox trade, something. I mean, clearly what they're doing isn't working. I really, really, really love them taking Davion Mitchell. I think he was a steal, even though he went earlier than projected. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got a dog. His first summer league game, he had 23, 3, mm. and 3. So, I mean, he's already putting in work. I think it's great. I think. I've compared this team to like the, the most likely to an AAU team on Twitter, I think, before. And they, they just have that. And you add a guy like Davion to play with De'Aaron, I think that's great. But they do need to shake it up because their offseason signings, they they signed Rashawn Holmes long-term, four-year, $55 million. I think that stinks. They also signed yeah. Alex Len. Which I mean, you talk about a run of the mill C plus center. That's Alex Len, and then Mo Harkless, who's been a role player on just about every team in the NBA. So, not impressed with the Sacramento Kings, but I do like John Mitchell. I still believe in Mo Harkless. I'm just putting that out there into the world. Still believe in him. I like Mo. I love Mo Harkless. I mean, he's not Saint John's. Shout out, not, John's. you know, he's not moving the needle. No, not quite. Not he's not quite moving the needle at all. Um, yeah, no, the Kings stay the Kings, man, in the worst way possible. It, <laughs> they it never change. And dear, and who knows what what's gonna happen with Buddy Heald too? Was in some trade rumors there, so maybe he's on the move as well. Maybe they get Dennis Schroeder for Buddy Heald essentially. That yeah, would be right. horrible. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, no, not great for the Kings. Um, is there anything? Let's end it on an upbeat moat mode here actually no whatever the fuck word i'm trying to say <laughs> upbeat no team usa gold yes. medal tomorrow night against the french at 10 30 p.m are you worried about rudy gobert and the french yeah actually nick batum and uh evan fournier i'm a little little more worried Not about those two yeah Right. So wait, is that how you say it? Because everyone from Boston, I feel like, says Yabaselli. And then I saw a pronunciation today and I was like, I think everyone from Boston just says it wrong. I think, isn't it Yasabelli? I thought so. I could be wrong, though. That's, I've I seen t- it. I, I was seeing that on Twitter today. I just searched Yasabelli on Google and you know what came up is like the correction semi ojale <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's like, oh, the Bucks signed semi too. We forgot to talk about that when we're talking about the Bucks. Yeah, good. The Giannis stopper. They needed him on their team. Yeah, they they literally brought in the Giannis stopper. That's no, smart. Yab- That's like a. You guys are right. It's Yabaselli. Yabaselli. Okay. Yabaselli. Yeah. 
He's the king of the dab. He always did this on the Celtics. <laughs> You're right. They, but, brought um, in, they brought in the Giannis stop. It's going to get Giannis even more work in practice, too. They'll just put Semi up against him all the time. Like, true. That, that's the only reason I signed him. They're like, oh, you're not getting any run in, <laughs> in, in real games. You are getting thrown at Giannis in practice, and that's it. Smart man. Smart move for the Cel- or the Bucks there. And for the Celtics for getting rid of Semi. That's a smart yeah. move. Yes, I agree. All right, so we ended with uh, Jeremy Yavaselli talk, which is that's honestly that's appropriate for this show. I feel like. But yes, go go Team USA. I yeah, know I don't we're all any, over the place. I don't have any breakdown. Yeah, I don't have a breakdown for any of it because I literally haven't watched one Olympic game. That's just out way too late. They started at twelve fifteen a.m. last night. It's like I'm not, I, and I stay up later. I'm a I'm a person who will who is not afraid to stay up late on a weeknight, but that's too much. That's like two thirty in the morning. Hell no. We might have lost Dunny here at the end anyways. I'll give him a second. Now nah, we're just going to cut it. Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops. Follow us at Trainwreck Sports. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, Happy Hour Hoops, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. This is a free agency recap. We're going to take a little break for like a week or so here. Let free agency settle. Get the NFL season riled up, ready to go. Be sure to tune in to the Crowdus' podcast as well as our fantasy football, free money football, too. Football season coming up. I love it. And we will be back with some basketball content in a couple weeks as we get ready for the season. Peace.